is that worship's not about music, but worship is a lifestyle, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of us would agree with that term. So, well, if that's the case, then then I have to look at my role as not a music leader, but I'm a lifestyle leader. Mm. If worship is a lifestyle and I'm a worship leader, then I'm a lifestyle leader, uh, which means that I need to lead my community and, and develop a culture where it's not just me, but all of us, because we're all worshipers, right? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode four of the Story at the Center podcast. My name's Abby. And I'm Jason. And I'd like to invite you guys, uh, please like and leave a review and subscribe to our podcast. Um, It'll make it easier for you to find our episodes when they drop every other week. And um, just let us know what you think. Um, We love to hear from you guys. Also, we have a fun feature that we are able to... um, bring in voicemail messages. So if you guys have God stories that you would love to share, please do. We want to hear them. So you can leave us a voicemail message at the launch page for our blog, which will be linked in the show notes for today's episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to you guys to hear this episode. Um, Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Goodness. Um, Today's episode is with our good friend, John David Vasquez. Um, He is passionate about worship. Um, His story today um, centers around his sort of journey in understanding that worship isn't just a moment. It's a a lifestyle. It's a cultural thing that God is calling us into. And so, man, he takes us into some deep places of God's heart. Um, in worship today. And so um, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to this conversation um, with our friend, John David Vasquez. All right. We are super excited to have John David Vasquez with us um, on episode four of the Story at the Center podcast. Um, John David, thanks for being with us. Why don't you give us just a, you know, maybe like a 50,000 foot view of like who you are, what you're doing, um, what what God's got you, where God's got you right now, and uh, just to sort of start off the conversation. Absolutely. Well, I'm happy to be invited on the podcast. Um, thank you so much. Um, right now, um, I am doing a few things. Uh, I am a worship pastor at Austin Christian Fellowship. Uh, love it there. Great community. Um, if you don't have a place in Austin, Texas that you currently attend church, I highly recommend Austin Christian Fellowship, great community of believers there. Um, I'm also the director of a <clears throat> a ministry called The Heart of David Austin, uh, which is a group of uh, radical worshipers and intercessors uh, that um, have shared vision and values that come together in the city to help uh, advance the, the worship and prayer culture. Um, and that looks like a few different things. Uh, it was pre COVID, um, primarily a school of ministry. Um, currently it looks more like us helping behind the scenes kind of facilitate, um, worship and prayer events and, uh, guest speakers and artists that travel through Texas uh, specifically the Austin area. Um, other than that, um, I sometimes am an itinerant worship leader around the city um, and a speaker, um, primarily on worship, prayer and worship. Uh, and I also uh, do some peer coaching and mentoring with worship leaders um, from time to time. Uh, and uh, I'm also uh, a very, very passionate sneakerhead. Um, <laughs> so yes. I have a creative outlet um, of uh, creating um, sneakers, and uh, which has been really fun recently. Yeah, you can't tell, but I'm wearing my um, red and black um, Air Jordan ones lows yes. today again. I feel like I keep saying I need to. Br- I'm breaking them in, but now I just feel like I love them, so I wear them <laughs> every day. Yeah. Uh, so, like John David, knowing you, it's like you. You just I. I just see like 
worship culture just kind of pours out from you, like uh, just your your words, your life. Um, sort of sort of talk to us about where God got a hold of your heart in that regard. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I met the Lord when I was about seventeen. Um, was and it was around the same time I started learning how to play guitar. Um, and then, you know, obviously when I met the Lord, I wanted to devote every aspect of my life to him. Uh, and music was the, probably the biggest part of my life at that time. And so, um, that's what I believe he decided to use. And so, uh, you know, got involved with worship ministry, uh, first with the youth group. Um, as a guitar player, then eventually became the youth worship pastor or youth worship leader. Um, and not too long after that was invited to become the worship pastor uh, of a church uh, in Northwest Austin for about 10 years. Um, and I say all that to say that I was a worship pastor for a very long time, maybe about, like I said, nine, about nine years, 10 years um, but it really wasn't until I stepped down from that position um, and was led to the Heart of David School, um, which now that I'm the, I'm the director of, at, at the time I was a student, um, <clears throat> I didn't have a grasp of worship being a culture. It was more of um, a Sunday morning activity um and the idea of my well i'll say it this way for for a long time my my idea of what my role was as a worship leader was to um provide um the music for a sunday morning gathering um you know, obviously my heart was in it, love the Lord. Um, and, but recently I've been feeling like the Lord's been inviting me to, to, to change my perspective, my perspective. And this is also what I've been challenging other worship leaders that I have the privilege of speaking into, uh, as well, which is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a, well, first of all, I'm not a performer. Um, I'm not an artist. I'm not a uh, music minister per se. I, I do music ministry, uh, but my uh, the way that I think about it is my my job is not music. Mm-hmm. My the way that I'm looking at my role now as a worship leader uh, is my my job or my assignment is to help create culture. Mm-hmm. Right, the means by which I do that is music, um, which helps me under which helps me give focus to uh what i'm called to called to do which is is help my community my whole my whole community uh austin christian fellowship um you know being uh the church that i attend uh my job isn't to do music every week uh but my job is to help that community um understand uh what the bible has to say about worship um, how to how to worship God rightly, um, and how to live that way beyond Sunday morning, um, and the me- and one of the means by which I do that is through the music for the you know the thirty you know twenty thirty minutes um, on that day. Uh, but really, my assignment is to try to help them live a lifestyle of of worship. Um, that's honoring and pleasing and righteous uh, before the Lord uh, Monday through Saturday. Mm. And, um, and, uh, and that, that all kind of, like I said, it kind of started when I went to the heart of David um, to understand that, you know, our, our, the way that we live in response to, you know, Jesus in our lives has eternal uh, significance and it's it's not a, a Sunday morning only Christianity, but it is a lifestyle, um, you know. Um, and so this is maybe this is a, another way I could um, talk about it is you know uh, a lot of times 
in the church, we say, well, we, I think we all can agree, um, you know, that we'll, in the statement that, well, worship's not about the music. We say that often, um, but sometimes I feel like we say that, and we know that's the truth, but sometimes our action still puts the priority on the music as the main way that we understand what worship is. Yeah. But I think all of us would agree, even at least in the sentiment or the statement, is that worship's not about music, but worship is a lifestyle, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of us would agree with that term. So well, if that's the case, then then I have to look at my role as not a music leader, but I'm a lifestyle leader. Mm. If worship is a lifestyle and I'm a worship leader, then I'm a lifestyle leader, uh, which means that I need to lead my community and, and develop a culture where it's not just me, but all of us, because we're all worshipers, right? Um, we're, uh, you know, we say this in our, uh, our, our, we say this in our, we would say, sorry, tongue tied. We would say this in our school all the time, uh, you know, that, um, you know, we need evangelists right now, but in, in, in heaven, there's no one there to evangelize. You know, we need prophets now, uh, but in heaven, there's no one to prophesy to, you know, uh, we need teachers now, but there's no one. In heaven, there'll be, you know, we'll have the full, revel- you know, mm-hmm. we'll be fully uh, uh, in the revelation of Jesus. Um, but forever, right now and forever, we'll, we'll be eternally be worshipers, mm. right? Every believer uh, may not be a singer or may not be a musician, but we're all worshipers. Um, we're all created um, uh, to experience respond to the beauty of God. Uh, we'll be doing that for eternity. So we're all worshipers. And I think in part two, we're all created um, as disciples of Jesus to have influence in people's lives, to share the good news of the gospel. And, and so one of the ways, you know, I've heard this uh, simply defined uh, before, but leadership uh, is having influence in people's lives, mm-hmm. right? Which we're all called to have influence in whatever sphere God uh, grants us permission. So if we're all worshipers by being believers and we're all called to have influence, which is called leadership, every believer is a worship leader right. because worship is a lifestyle. Yeah, that's you know? good. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, it's a long way to get to answering your question. But like, to me, that's a little bit of what we're trying to do. Uh, what I'm trying to help do amongst many others is to create a culture, a worship culture um, where every believer understands that I am a worshiper and I am a leader Mm. and uh, I am a worship leader. And that may look like me, you know, uh, being at my job and being a witness there and uh, representing God, you know, rightly there Uh, or my school or in my group of friends or, you know, even in my, my family, you know, uh, that may or may not have believers in it, you know? So anyway, yeah. No, that's so good. A couple of things that made me think of is, you know, uh, you mentioned that we're all, you know, we're all uh, worship leaders, but regardless of whether we're in Christ or not, we're all worshiping something, right? Mm. I mean, we're we're giving our attention to something. And if we all have influence somewhere, then we're also leading people around us to something. And so we're we're either leading people to worship the one true God who we worship, or we're leading people to worship the thing that we're, that we're worshiping currently, whatever yeah. that is as a culture. Right. So, so I guess my question in that is, is, um, you know, you talked about being a lifestyle, you know, leader, you're leading people to a lifestyle of worship. Um, like how do you, how do we get there? <laughs> like what, what do you, what do you see the, progression um i mean you do this really really well like i i I watch you like live this lifestyle of worship like you're always you're always pointing people to the creator um and so but what 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 practical things have you put in your own life to be able to do that well i i want to Maybe I just give a little bit of um, context because because I think you 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 touched on something that I think is very um, 
significant when we talk about worship and lifestyle. Um, so one of the ways, uh, actually just did a, a teaching if I could promote. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> go, one, go. Um, one, one of my mentors, uh, and the founder of the heart of David, uh, movement named Rick Pino is a worship artist, uh, has a, an amazing resource for any, anyone out there who's interested in growing in worship called worshipcoach.com. And I just did a teaching, uh, worship leading one one on his uh, online course. And, uh, but on that course, I talk about defining, you know, first, like I, I started off by saying, well, let's just define what worship is. Um, and uh, one of the most simple definitions that I think uh, is easy to relate to and understand is worship is the response to beholding. Um, and so the analogy I give often is like imagine you know jason you and i are out in um, a parking lot and uh we see a you know fire red lamborghini come across and uh, you know and i i say whoa man that car's cool that's a that's a really really awesome looking car and then i grab you by the shirt and be like bro check that out um what was that but a microcosm of what worship is hmm. right i saw something I determined it had value. I made a declaration of its worth and then pointed someone to gaze at what fascinated me. Yeah. Right. And so um, that's in a lot of ways, what I think worship is, is that we, we, we get a glimpse or we see the, the beauty of Jesus's majesty. Um, and we respond uh and say, God, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You know, we see we see these things about how you're presenting yourself, and then uh, and then we point people to see, uh, you know, what we what we were just fascinated by. And um, I think that that's part of what it it means to um, live that way is to help people see God um, and to see what He's doing, what He's like. Um, and how good he is. And so I think the power of the testimony mm. um, is, is like crucial for creating a vibrant worship culture. Um, and the reason I say that is uh, because I think, you know, we've talked about this, I know privately before, but Revelation 19.10 says that the, uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Um, and, you know, in a lot of the worship circles I roll in, there's a, a, an emphasis on, on prophetic worship, hmm. um, which is, you know, really just hearing the heart of God, agreeing with it, and then singing it. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times uh, in worship communities, you know, they're they're looking for the now voice of God, the in the in the in the spontaneous moments. Pardon me, or they're trying to get a glimpse of what God's preferred future is, and so we know that an element of prophecy is uh, where they uh, I think it's called forth forthtelling or foretelling, mm -hmm. being able to see into God's preferred future mm -hmm. or hearing Him in the the, the present moment. Um, but if we look at Revelation 19.10, it says that the test is the testimony of Jesus, which is the already completed work, mm -hmm. is the spirit of prophecy, the essence of prophecy. So I wonder if the essence of prophecy is more rooted in the past than yeah. it is the present or future. Mm, right. um, and so having a... Uh, 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 a vibrant worship culture, I think one of the practical things we could do is rehearse the testimony um, and and remember God's faithfulness in what he's already done. Mm -hmm. Because when I can, when I or we as as leaders in the body of Christ can help the, the body uh, remember God's faithfulness and goodness and how he's already overcome in your own personal history, then when you do that, when you begin to think and remember, right, the, the, 
the people of God had uh, other ways that they practically did this. They, they built what they called Ebenezer's or memorial stones, mm-hmm. just symbolic uh, monuments that would help them remember how God um, came through for them. Um, and that would re- help remind them that God is powerful in their present because he's been powerful in their past. And God's power uh, is powerful in their future because he's been powerful in his past. Right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when we do those in our hearts, when we, re- when we rehearse the testimony, we remember God's faithfulness in our lives. Uh, and we take inventory of, of our personal journey with him and says, God, you know what? You have been good in this way. You, mm-hmm. you did show up and pay that bill. You did restore that relationship. Um, when, you, when you focus on those long enough, it actually, what ends up happening more often than not is that it begins to well up within you gratitude and thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we know that according to Psalm 100, that the beginning of the procession of worship to encountering God is thankfulness. You enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And nothing can, like, I, I, I say nothing, I, uh, but what I, uh, what I mean is that um, uh, remembering what God has done is one of the fastest ways to become thankful mm-hmm. and grateful. Um, and then when you do that, when you begin to thank God for, for what he's already done in your life or when you celebrate what he's done in someone else's life, um, it, like I said, it, it begins to well up within you gratitude and thanksgiving. And you make those declarations like, God, you are good. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for, for providing for my family. Thank you for healing my kid. Thank you for you know this thing or that thing. Uh, it's it's really easy then to begin to turn that into worship. Say, God, this is what you've done. But you know, you provided that meal. But th- it's you did that based out of who you are mm-hmm. as the provider. So I worship you as the provider, mm-hmm. God. You healed. That's something you did. But it's it's tied to the nature of who you are. You mm-hmm. are the healer. So yeah. I worship you as the healer. You know, even right now I'm feeling. It. <laughs> you <know>? Come on. <laughs> I'm feeling it, you know, so I think remembering is so powerful and that's a very practical thing mm-hmm. uh, that we can do to, to develop a lifestyle of worship. And if we could get our whole uh, Christian community to have a value for the testimony, um, then we begin to create a culture um, uh, of worship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's been, so John David, you were talking about, um, just a little bit ago about, you know, how you've led in so many different places and so many, I mean, not just here in the city, but I mean, even just over the last couple of years getting to watch you, I mean, you guys, you took a group of Heart of David students to what, South Korea and got to worship over the lookout from South Korea of North Korea and just getting to see and hear about all the things that happened just from that um, was so cool for me. Um, but how, so I want to ask you, how have you seen the impact of living a lifestyle of worship in leading the nations? Yeah, well, we would, we always train our, our students to know that, um, their agreement with God, um, on the earth, uh, has the power to actually impact cities, regions, and nations. Mm. Um, we just, we believe that Malachi 1.11 is a huge verse for us, um, which says from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, my name will be great yeah. among yeah. the nations and uh, in every place, uh, incense, which we sometimes equate to prayer and burnt offerings uh, or pure offerings. We often equate to worship uh, will be given unto my name, says the Lord. The Lord makes a vow Undo himself in the in Malachi one eleven. He says, one day, uh, every place on the planet, there will be prayer and worship, pure prayer and worship, mm. the right kind. You know, you're right, yeah, Jason. Come on, yeah. everyone is a worshiper, a worship yeah, leader. Right. It's just uh, what God are you worshiping? That's right. And how good is your leadership? You know. Uh, but he's saying one day, every place on the planet will will offer up unto me himself god talking to himself about himself one day the whole earth will will offer me pure prayer and worship he and he says it will happen it will happen yeah um and jesus um <clears throat> you know uh there's a 
you know, I think, I believe it's Psalm two. It's, it's a messianic prophecy. It says, ask and I'll give the nations unto you. Right. Uh, talking about the, the Messiah. Um, uh, and, and so the nations are the just reward for the wounds that Jesus suffered. And mm. so every nation will be his, you know, we know in Philippians, it says one day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So that's like every tribe, every kingdom, every, yes. every place on the earth. I'm just talking, I'm just trying to give like, right. like the whole earth yeah, will the, be God, the whole thing. Uh, and it will worship him. It will worship him. And so, uh, and we, we, we're just crazy enough to believe that in our community say, God, we agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And in our agreement, we want to help. We want to partner with you to see you get your reward. Um, and that looks like the whole earth worshiping you rightly. And uh, so we often would go to the nations and travel and just worship the Lord among the nations. Mm. Um, in a way, you know, we say this all the time again in our community. Uh, we, we always, we, you know, we, we're always crying out to the Lord for him to answer our prayers um, but who is, who is, who's passionate and, and wants to pour themselves out to answer God's prayers? You know, God says, you know, one day the whole nation, uh, will, will worship me rightly. And we're saying, yeah, God, we agree with you. Yeah. We want to help see that happen. We want, we want to make sure we, we want to give ourselves, uh, we want to give ourselves unto that being fulfilled Mm -hmm. and so we'll travel to the nations and we'll leave we'll we'll worship among the nations uh and and with the people among those nations and so one of the cool stories we have several uh but you mentioned south korea that was a that was an awesome story and so uh you know we were we and my our team were there uh in south korea uh leading worship uh at the overflowing church in seoul south korea beautiful church uh, K-pop worship is awesome, y'all. It's so good, uh, and they go they go hard. You know, they. I remember uh, the services were uh, one hour of like high energy, like K-pop style Korean worship, then one hour of like more contemporary, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, contemporary praise and worship, then an hour of teaching, and then another hour of like high energy K-pop worship. <laughs> so they, awesome. every service was like four hours long and they had multiple services a day. <laughs> and so they're very serious about, you know, their, uh, yeah. their love. Uh, and, you know, church is like an event, yeah. you know, uh, and everyone's 100% in. It's beautiful. It's very beautiful to be there. Uh, you got to eat your Wheaties though, if you're going to roll. <laughs> <laughs> they go hard. Uh, but yeah, so, one of the cool testimonies that came out of that trip was, um, you know, we had been doing ministry, uh, you know, in the city for about, I think three days. And this is maybe the last day, the fourth day was the last day before we were going to head home back to, uh, to the United States. And so that last day, there wasn't a lot going on. I think it was like a Monday. Um, And so we were just more or less kind of like, doing a little bit of sightseeing but we would always like have our instruments with us so that way we can just at any point you know um if we're feeling led uh erupt and do a song or some sort of uh declaration of the word of god over the nation um and so the uh the people that we were with uh, kind of got us as as close as we could safely mm-hmm. to uh the the border between south and north korea and uh, they led us up this uh, mountain um, that kind of, again, just kind of straddles the border. And obviously, we were completely safe. We mm-hmm. were not going to get it anywhere near. They weren't going to lead us anywhere near uh, a place that would have been uh, a place of danger. Uh, but they led us up to this clearing on the top of the mountain where there was a, this decommissioned helicopter landing pad. And from up there... Uh, from where we were at, you can kind of see over the river um, into North Korea. And so we thought, you know what, this is like, this is a perfect spot. Mm-hmm. You know, we could actually, you know, we've been pressing in uh, for the nation of South Korea. Um, but the reality is, is that, you know, that used to be one nation. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's now it's divided in two, you know, and there's, uh, 
there's obviously there there's been hostility hostility and um you know uh there's just been a, a a divide there again brother against brother right and you know and i know and we just knew that that grieves the lord the lord's heart mm -hmm. you know we know that from the stories that we've heard over the years you know there's families that have been separated because of that uh that divide you know um there's uh countless lives that have been lost um because of 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 this divide and 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 so we just began to just grab our guitars and we just began to just worship over the nation of north korea and we couldn't be there in person right. obviously um and uh, but we knew that our just like the the centurion right the centurion knew that the power of god wasn't limited by any boundary right um or, or or you know you know what i mean and so we just said god we just we bless the nation of north korea god we were just crying out we just began to sing over them and 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 ask that the holy spirit would move in such a way that there would begin to be restoration and redemption between uh in the relationship between uh north and south korea and um and then we just began to uh sing that song um great are you lord mm. and uh there's that um that section of the song that says and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry uh these bones will sing great great are you lord and so we just we just began to declare it said all the earth again that malachi 111 not just south korea but north korea too god mm -hmm. because that's part of the earth and you're gonna get it yeah you're gonna yeah. get the worship of north korea someday and we just say yes to that and so we say all the earth will shout your praise god and we just began to just sing over north korea and um just just ask that the lord would move in such a way that there'd be rec uh restoration reconciliation like redemption of of that nation and and uh between the two nations and so mm -hmm. uh you know and we were just doing that you know and we know that that we're not the only we weren't the only ones doing sure. it people for you know decades have been crying out for for that and you know uh we've been we were just adding our our voice to the chorus uh, of, of voices that are going up before the Lord on 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 their behalf, and so so we just we do that, and we feel like okay, uh, all right, we feel like we're good. We feel like we we came, and that was part of our assignment. Mm -hmm. You know, when we begin to pack up and get ready to head home, and so I'm in the airport uh, in in uh, Seoul, South Korea, getting ready to head home back to the United States. So I'm on my phone, just kind of in some downtime. And I'm flipping through, you know, just whatever. Uh, and I see uh, a news article, I believe it was from USA Today, that said that that day that uh, that they were beginning to, uh, they were that, that North Korea was open to having conversations about uh, disarmament and uh, peace between the two nations. So mm. good. So, so good. good. And so, you know, it was just like one of those things is like, oh, my gosh, we yeah. were just on a mountaintop crying out for this. That's right. You know, um, and then the next just to just to see, you know, the next day that there the Lord has had had been has been moving in that regard. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, I don't we don't believe it was just us. Right. Mm -hmm. That'd be completely foolish to believe that. Uh but I'd be, it'd be equally just as foolish to, to believe that we didn't have a part to play in that. Sure. Um, and so, um, and, and, and then you kind of have seen some of that progress positively uh, in, the, in the time since then. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it was just kind of great to see the Lord move like that. And we have so many stories of, of us in the nations uh, worshiping the Lord, agreeing with his heart for that, for that nation, for that people. And seeing him show up in honestly like radical supernatural ways, yeah, it's been cool. So, and and I say this because I, I think that the I, I use the phrase the normal Christian, okay, but I think that's the way most people see themselves. You know, it's <laughs> like how does the normal Christian who just believes that you know. I, you know, I'm going to do this hour on Sunday and 
Um, then I'm going to go and do my week. I'm going to go back to work, and it really has nothing to do with what I did on Sunday. Like, what what do you what would you say to that person who's listening to this and going, okay, well, John David gets to travel the world, mm-hmm. at least pre-COVID, right? Gets to travel the yeah. world, and um, I and, travel and, now via. Uh, the television <laughs> and the National Geographic like documentary videos. What you know, but but that's not the life I'm living here. Sure. How does this relate to me? What what can God really do? Mm. What would you say to that that person? Yeah, I I would say that the same God that moves supernaturally um, on behalf of all these nations that we visit is the same God that can move uh, powerfully, miraculously, and supernaturally in your office, in your classroom, um, in your home. He's the the same God that, uh, you know, part of the Red Sea is the same God that cares about, you know, your finances. You know, um, one of the things that uh, one of the books that we assign um, our students and uh, it's funny, it's I, we actually have one of our one of our worship leaders uh, on staff at ACF, uh, Candy. She's actually reading this book right now. Uh, it's called uh, Practicing the Presence mm. um, by uh, a, a gentleman named Brother Lawrence. And essentially, right, it's it's learning that the the presence of god in uh is is something that's accessible be beyond the four walls and the mm-hmm. one hour time slot mm-hmm. once a week um and uh i remember hearing a pastor say this once uh he said that the holy spirit often in scripture uh, with, then in the Holy Spirit being the 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 part of the Trinity that is moving on the earth right now uh, we know that you know the Father is in heaven you, you, you know they right. all are you know they're I'm trying to make sure that I I get my theology correct <laughs> I don't want you to have to try to answer a bunch of emails but we know that the, the, the Holy Spirit is the presence of God moving uh, he like I said he's an ever-present help in time of need he's right. the comforter he's the one that's you know, on the earth, uh, you know, empowering the believer uh, to advance the gospel of Jesus. Um, and but often, this this pastor had said before that um, it, often in in the scriptures, the, the the Holy Spirit is likened to a dove, right? This this mm-hmm. this skittish bird by nature. And and he says that um, if if a dove landed on your shoulder, um, and you didn't want the dove to leave that you would take every step with the dove in mind mm-hmm. right like you wouldn't just jolt too quickly because it would get frightened and float off but you would if you if if the bird landed on your shoulder and you wanted him to not just visit but abide um then you would be very mindful of its presence and you and you would make steps accordingly to keep it there and remain yeah right and so if the holy spirit is like that or the presence of god is like that um then i think there's a similar approach of our attention i would say attention and affection uh and being ever mindful of the lord's nearness um it is is a great way to start mm-hmm. yeah right yeah. lord because that's really what we want i mean i know it's what i want um, is I don't want just a visitation from God once mm-hmm. a week. Yeah. Um, I don't want, it's, it's like, it's like sometimes, right. It feels like it's going to grandma's house. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, we're going to go to, we're going to go to church. We're going to go to grandma's house. We're going to visit. So we're going to make sure we dress nice. We are not best behavior. You know, we listen to the song she likes <laughs> and watch the program. <laughs> she likes, we're going to hear her talk for a little bit and then we're going to go on with our lives. Uh, you know, it's like, Oh, we love you, grandma. We'll see you next week. You know, and that's kind of how we do it. But um, 
But what I really want is a, is a habitation, yeah. right? I don't want to just have the Lord visit me or me visit the Lord, but I want to abide with him. Like, like, uh, like David says, and I believe it's Psalm 20, 27, I believe it says this one thing I desire, this one thing I seek is to dwell in the house of the Lord where his presence is to, to, mm-hmm. to gaze upon or Yeah. I want to dwell in the house of the day, the Lord, all the days of my life. Uh, to gaze upon the beauty of holiness and to inquire in your temples. Like David had this longing that says, I just want to be where, where God's presence is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want to, I know that when I'm, when, when, when his presence is manifest, like I, there's just a, there's nothing better than that. Right. You believe for the, like you have way more faith to believe for the impossible. You, you know, you have, uh, you obviously get, um, you, you have, I believe you get, you have more of the, uh, the peace of God that comes in his presence mm-hmm. because his presence is fullness of joy and the joy of the Lord is our strength. So you have all this access. And so, and I, I just want to live there. And then, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're kind of living in the presence of God, you know, it's a lot easier, I think often to hear his voice. Yeah. Um, and, and to live rightly, you know, to be led by his spirit. And um, am I answering your question? I feel yeah, like not. No, no, I think that's, that's <laughs> no, it's great. Like, I think you're, you're. I would say like to, just to, for like the average believer is, you know, like if you can't go to the nations, like JD, you're doing this, all this radical stuff, um, you know, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm staying at home and around, you know, I, you know, I have my, my just nine to fiver, um, you know, I'm kind of doing, you know, my thing is, you know, first do what we talked about earlier was just like, get in the habit of remembering God's goodness, mm-hmm. be, live a thankful heart, like give your, your attention and affection. Like that, that to me is like the, like the ultimate thing. Yeah. Right. One of the, uh, or like if you could boil some things down, it would be I give him my attention and my affection. If I can learn to live that way, um, then I can live this lifestyle of worship, because when I put my attention on him, whether that's what he's done, what he's doing or what he told me he will do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that his ways are better than my ways and his thoughts and his plans for me are good then it will well up gratitude within me. And if I, if I take the, if I take it, take that and push it further from just gratitude within my heart into a declaration of his worth and value and begin to worship him. The Bible says in Psalms 22, three, that he enthrones himself or he inhabits, he Mm -hmm. dwells uh, in the praises of his people. And, and, and that's where he begins to manifest his goodness. And so I'm really just, if I want to live a lifestyle of worship, I'm really just a thought away from it. And mm. uh, 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 with my attention and my affection and a declaration, like you really can. Like we, and we say it all the time, right? In our, in our community, it says in Psalm 22, three, it says that the Lord is enthroned mm. on the praises of his people. Um, which means that any room you're in can become the throne room of That's God. Right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, when you begin to worship him. Yeah. Like you can literally uh, step into the throne room of God. And here's the thing where, where God's throne is, is in heaven. Right. Yeah. And there are things that are not allowed in heaven, like depression. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, or, you know, they're just because those things don't exist in his, in his realm. Right. They, mm-hmm. they just don't, they don't have, access they don't have permission they don't have power that's right and so and if so like one way i feel like we could uh displace sometimes those things that we struggle with is to invite the presence of god and establish his throne uh um, in our worship in any room like i said can become his throne room and then he'll take his scepter and be like nope that doesn't belong here get out mm, yeah. that doesn't belong here get yeah. out <laughs> yeah, yeah. a superior kingdom has entered the room mm. you know That's right yeah you know what one of the things that you said it made me think um, i had a bible teacher share with me once this thought and i've never forgotten it and he said before you contemplating 
going across the globe, you need to make sure that you're willing to go across the street. Mm. And, and like God's, God's, um, desire for the attention of the person who has not yet given it to them that live at the end of your cul-de-sac is just as important as the person who's not yet given them his attention in North Korea. Right. Yeah. And so the person who needs to start with giving him our, our attention is me, right? Is you is, you know, us, Mm -hmm. right? And when we Mm -hmm. do that and we're, we're, you know, he's, we're entering his, we're, we're creating his throne room, right? Then we hear his heart for those people who are around us. Right. And that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing you say, right? That like, that's, that's what it looks like. And we've, we've done ourselves and God such a huge disservice Mm -hmm. in, and putting him in that one hour box on Sundays. Yeah. And that's what I love about what you're doing, John David, is the just the emphasis of like, hey, like <laughs> you can do this. You 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 can do this mm-hmm. and God has called you to do this um in your workplace, in your home. Yeah. What's your- what's cool about that book, Practicing the Presence, if your listeners ever have an opportunity to you know, look at, find that book. It's, it's not very big. Um, and I don't think it's very expensive. Um, but it talks about like brother Lawrence, you know, I think like one of the stories, if I remember correctly, he's just watching pots and pans, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, just the mud, what we perceive as the mundane right. could actually be full of the, of the supernatural yeah. encounters yeah. with God. And it's just because his attention or affection, he didn't have John David or Chris Tomlin or, sure. you, right. know, uh, you know, Hillsong leading worship for him, you know, uh, you know, trying to help. He just had his attention and his affection for the Lord was just always directed uh, yeah. to his heart. And I think because of that, the Lord would always draw near, right? The Bible says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to That's you. That's right. Yeah. That's and, right. and the Lord drew near to him often because he was always drawing near to him with his, like, like you said, with his attention and his affection and it had an impact on everyone around him. Yeah. (laughs) No, um, I, that, I love that idea that you can literally be doing anything and it can be worship. Like it doesn't have to be singing or, you know, like, and I kind of connecting it back to what you said earlier about, um, not all of us are going to be singers and, you know, musicians, but all of us are worshipers and that it doesn't have to be singing a song to be worship. Like, I, I mean, I think about it often. It was just like, I'll sit in my room and do my homework and that can be worship. And it just like, it sparks a fire of just like, I can literally worship the Lord in everything I'm doing. And as long as we are, you know, drawing near to him and, um, just giving him our admiration and attention that that is, that can be worship. And I think that's, that's just so cool. And, um, something that a lot of people don't understand. And it's once you do understand that, like it's so rich and like, it's a game changer. Yeah, for real. Yeah. One of the things I've been trying to do, um, well, you know, as a, someone who holds the title, or office uh, within a church as a worship leader um, that often, right, right? Culturally for us looks like someone who does a lot of music. Sure. Uh, so music's a pretty big part of my life. Um, but I know that that has been the primary way that I've engaged um, with the presence of God, but I'm trying to been on this mission to try to not necessarily wean myself off of that, but not necessarily rely only on that or use that as a crutch. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning like, well, I can't get into to worship because I don't have the right playlist or, right. you know, uh, whatever. Um, and I think what Abby said reminded me that, you know, a lot of what I'm trying to do now and for myself, so that way I can lead as an example for my community mm-hmm. uh, as a, in a lifestyle of worship is just inviting the presence in the, of God into more of the things that I'm already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously you, you have the, the, the core, uh, tried and true, uh, time tested, um, the disciplines of like a consecrated time of being in the word of God, right. consecrated time of prayer. Um, you know, if you can, a consecrated time of, of singing and ministering to him in that way. 
But we know that we can't all do that 24 hours a day. Uh, right. For some people, you know, it's not, it can't be there. It's not their career like it is for me and you, Jason. Right. Um, uh, although that they're all, those are disciplines every believer should, should wholeheartedly adopt. Right. But there are things that everyone does like wash the dishes or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, take out the trash or do the laundry, you know, whatever, you know, these things that we think are so far from being uh, places where God can meet us. And they mm-hmm. totally are. Right. And it's again, doing what, like I said, doing your homework. So God, I just invite you to just, I, I want to partner with you in doing my homework. Me might get better grades. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, but it's just, it's just in like he's saying like, like when I'm washing the dishes or, you know, when I'm finding myself getting these places, like I said, it's really nothing more than just like pointing my attention, say, God, I'm here, I'm doing this, I'm doing the dishes, but I want to, I'm mindful of you in this moment. Mm-hmm. I, and I just, I, and then just saying simply, I, I just love you, God. Yeah. I love you. And then, you know, what, what it makes me do is it makes me, when I, even when I put my attention, even in this imaginary scenario, I could see myself saying, God, I'm washing dishes, which means that there was food on this plate. That's mm-hmm. right. Thank you mm-hmm. that I had something to eat. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm in my bedroom doing homework. It's like, God, you know, I just invite you into this moment. I want to just partner with you. I want to see you. I want to be near to you. I'm doing homework. Um, you know, thank you that, you know, I, I don't always enjoy it and I don't always appreciate it, but I should get an opportunity to get an education. Yeah. And I get to do, you know, I get a, 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 an opportunity that, you know, so many others, you know, may not have mm-hmm. and uh, Lord just help me to not, to take advantage of that not take it for granted yeah you know you know so you need just how this even that little moment of inviting him in and, and saying come and be a part of what I'm what I'm already doing turns into a moment of acknowledgement and affection which turns into gratitude which invites his presence yeah. which can make you help make make better better grades <laughs> clean the dishes better make a better dinner there you, you know go. I'm just kidding, but, no. but yeah yeah I mean, you know, we talk about this a lot, John David, in our, you know, sort of our culture sphere that we're in about, you know, the upside upside down nature of the kingdom and the things that don't make sense in the world makes total sense in the kingdom, right? Mm. Yeah. And I think sometimes because we've put, we've sort of followed culture in this, right? We put God in a box and we've said, this is your time. We're going to give you this hour. And really the rest of our lives is just ours. You know, it's we sort of take sort of a like it's almost like a heretical view of the tithe right like yeah right and where we're going i'm hey i tithe that time to you god and and i'm gonna take the rest for myself and i'm peace out have a good week i'll see you next week and but what we do when we do that and we don't we're not doing what you just talked about and inviting god into those quote mundane things is we actually miss the deeper places of god's heart Right. Yeah, we missed intimacy. part. We're missing intimacy. We're, we're missing parts of his character that we haven't yet learned because we don't know him there. Mm-hmm. We don't know him mm-hmm. in that part of our lives. We don't know him. Yeah. We don't know him in the laundry. We don't know him. Right. Like what? What could he reveal about about himself while you're studying biology? Yeah. <laughs> what could oh, he? I bet re- he could reveal a lot. What could he reveal <laughs> about himself when you're, you know, when you're studying, you know, like for Abby, you know, once he's going to become a, an elementary school teacher about how to reach the, the, the kids, mm-hmm. right? How to, how to really have a connection with them, mm-hmm. right? In her, in her education of that. And I just think we're missing um, part of who God is, part of his heart when we don't invite him into those things that we just think he he, do, yeah. he doesn't, we don't want to bother him with that or, mm. or this is my time. You know, they're sort of extremes, but that's sort of where we live our lives sometimes. So man, so good. As we, as we wind up, I sort of segue here. Um, like one of the ways that you have, you know, started expressing some creativity is through, you know, like doing custom sneakers and, you yeah. know, we talked about it earlier, mm. like, um, I, I like to believe that sneakerheads are closer to Jesus, just because um, it helps me justify some of the the expense, expense. and costs, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of that habit that I currently have, and you know what that's like. Um, but yeah. just talk about that a little bit, like like you're talking about, like you know, you've sort of given yourselves, uh, you give you given yourself permission to explore different things and not just you know stay in that one lane of of worship mm-hmm. as music, right? 
Like, how have you seen God show up in, you know, sneakers? Yeah, well, I think um, it's important for me to say that I've I've always needed multiple creative outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously music is is a very powerful creative medium um but and i do that quite often right uh but when i get home you know i i tend not to just only reach for that um and uh so i've needed to find other other means by which to explore creativity um at one point it was guitar pedals Mm -hmm. you know i would make uh, boutique uh, clones or replicas or rehouse electric guitar pedals and that was actually a really great way to get to meet a lot of the Christian artists uh, that I have friendships with now mm-hmm. was I would make them guitar their guitar players or, or them or the artist a guitar pedal custom guitar pedal and uh, it was it was a really great way to, to bless those that are serving um, in the ministry and uh and then now it's kind of shifted into sneakers um and i gotta again uh you know give a shout out and thanks to my uh one of my mentors rick pino he's a huge uh uh jordan one fan yeah he's got a lot of he's got a really not a lot of really nice ones as well and so uh for a while there it was adidas primarily for me and i stubbed my i kind of snubbed my nose at a uh at jordan's thinking that they were just whatever and then i put a pair on i was like wow all right i see the hype uh that's great but um but yeah you know again i uh it just started with an affinity for them just like guitar Mm -hmm. pedals it was like something i bought and that i used um and then it turned into like you know i think i could try to do something with this and i watched some videos on you know how to clean them and then that turned into you know customs and then Mm -hmm. i would get really kind of in the weeds on YouTube, just like looking at all of these different things you could do to make them unique um, and express yourself on the canvas of these shoes. Mm -hmm. And so I just started experimenting with it, you know, and decided, well, I'm going to just going to, just going to go for it. So I bought some paints and I, you know, watched the YouTube tutorial videos that are out there and uh, just started experimenting with it, you know, and it's a very, a very expensive experiment you you mess up a pair of like you know hundred dollar 150 dollar jordans you know that's that's really hard to you know you gotta make sure that you're you're really into it you're okay with losing some Mm -hmm. money if they get screwed up or that you're okay with wearing them you know if they don't come out great you know and so uh that that led me into then then i just started getting in deeper and deeper you know so i bought an airbrush and you know, bought all, you know, then started trying to get even more creative with it. And, uh, uh, it's been great because, you know, uh, uh, people will often, you know, stop me out and about, uh, you know, say, Hey man, oh, those are nice shoes, you know, cause they'll, you know, they'll, they'll recognize them they'll, because they're unique and they right. pop, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I was like, Oh, thank you. And I said, I did. And I get to say, oh, I did it myself. I did it myself and they're like, wow, you actually made those? Like, yeah, I actually I do that for fun. And, you know, and what's great about it is that, you know, it's a, like, it's a, it's a beautiful, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not co- coincidence, maybe, uh, uh, not coincidence, but, um, or consequence. It's a byproduct. Mm-hmm. It's just a beautiful byproduct that my shoe, the shoes, uh, again, it's kind of like a worship thing. They saw it, mm-hmm. they, they, they determined it had worth, and then they made a declaration. Wow, those are cool shoes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so th- which then kind of created an open door. Right. Uh, and then I began, you know, and even in that just a little bit of, a, of an open door, uh, I get the opportunity to eventually, you know, share about who I am and who God is. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, I made these. Oh, that's really cool. That's really awesome. You make shoes. Like, actually, no, uh, I just do that as a hobby, but I'm a worship pastor. Worship pastor, what's that? Mm. You know, oh, I right. can yeah. you, you know, I, you know, all, you know what I mean? It's right. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's just a way to, um, uh, you know, if it creates an, an opportunity to have a dialogue or relationship with person in a non threatening way, mm. uh, then I'll take that. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, now it's developed into this thing most recently uh 
uh, is there was a, uh, a secular artist who uh, came out with um, a, a shoe that was um, basically uh, honoring the demonic mm-hmm. um, and celebrating, uh, you know, the enemy um, and was was just v- very perverse, I guess, mm-hmm. in in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and um, and so there was uh, a gentleman online. He's a he's a, a social media personality. Uh, you know, after this original artist uh, had kind of dedicated this shoe mm-hmm. to uh, you know to 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 the enemy. Um, this other YouTube person or not YouTube, but this other social media personality came out with a, just like a, a what do they call it? A, uh, like a, a response that mm-hmm. he said he, and he made a Chick-fil-A version because <laughs> uh, he knows within the, you know, the Western right. Christian uh, communities, you know, Chick-fil-A is like, you know, very synonymous with Christian culture because mm-hmm. of right. their values and closed on Sunday and, you know, all that stuff. Sure. And so he, he just did it as a response. And, and somewhat of satirical kind of like sure. just a, a spoof, just being silly. They weren't, they weren't ones he actually made. Right. Like the, like the original artist, he, he had made some shoes dedicated to, to, to the Satan or to the devil. And, and uh, this other uh, social media personality um, just did a Photoshopped right. version mm-hmm. and posted it on, on social media about Chick-fil-A having a version that kind of like, Right, balance counter, the scales. Counter, yeah. counter, yeah. And so, it, and everyone was just kind of thinking it was very silly and just kind of like, you know, just a, a fun little thing. And then I went I went home and I was like, you know what? I think I'm actually going to try to make those Chick-fil-A shoes. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I bought the 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 all-white pair. Uh, I actually think they had like the, the, the kind of, the sole of the shoe actually looked like the Chick-fil-A sauce already. So mm-hmm. I kind of bought, bought it with that. Um, and so, and then I just made the version that the, the guy did the Photoshop, uh, uh, version of online. And I kind of made it my own. I couldn't make it a one for one replica of the Chick-fil-A, uh, shoe that he did in Photoshop, but you know, pretty, I think I got pretty dang close. Uh, and I, and I wore, I took pictures of it and tagged, you know, hashtag Chick-fil-A hashtag, you know, uh, custom kicks hashtag, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, you know, the, the brand name of the shoe. Right. And, uh, and then I wore them on Easter Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so Easter good. Sunday. It was so good. Well, I'll, I'll put, I'll put a, a link to that, to that post in the show notes. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give well, me some more, crazy, you know, and, more and I was, perp- I, I knew I, I had a feeling that it was going to get some attention, right. You know, especially from my friends, sure. you know, people that are, are Christians and, you know, have kind of been, you know, following a little bit of it, you know, or sneakerheads, you know, and so, and so I made sure that in my comments that I, you know, I said, you know, uh, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, and then I, I think I quoted John three sixteen because mm-hmm. John three sixteen is stenciled on the shoe. Right. Uh, you know, that, um, you know, uh, that, uh, so I put all that on there, uh, hoping that, you know, if someone who isn't a believer sees it and is like, oh, that's funny, someone actually made the shoe. Right. Uh, that they'll get a little bit of the of the gospel message in that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and lo and behold, man, that was two weeks ago that I posted about that shoe. Yeah. I'm still getting likes on it. Wow. It was trending at number one i think for at least out like maybe two or three out of like the five or seven hashtags wow like number one right but at least the top like 10 of all of them right um and i'm still getting likes two weeks later on that shoe so it really made an impact yeah Mm -hmm. um and uh i'm just glad you know that in most of the people that are liking it they're not my friends Mm mm-hmm you know, they're they're meaning 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 that they're not part of right. my friend group within the social media. Right. Uh, I obviously would love to be their friends, <laughs> 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 but uh, but they're not people I know. Let me put right. it that way. 
And so that means there's a lot of people that are clicking on that shoe, which is just a creative outlet for me um, that I've, that, you know, obviously wanted the gospel message to be a part of. So I invited mm-hmm. God into that, That's right. into that process. And now I got to believe that people are getting touched even in, in some small way that they're, they're, lo- they're, they're, they're pressing on, you know, the picture of that shoe and pull and following where it leads them. And they're getting to hear a little bit of the gospel. That's, yeah. truth. That's good. For and, sure. um, you know, every like, you know, either they like the shoe or they like the message. I don't know, but at mm-hmm. least they're getting, the shoe has been a, a, a means by which to lead people, uh, hopefully into encountering Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Well, John David, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. It was so yeah. good. So and rich. I, I love worship and it's my, you know, I feel like a form of intercession for me as well. And so I just, yeah. I'm glad that you were able to share just deep about worship and what it means and all those things it's been so good um thank you everyone for um tuning in and listening this week um i hope you guys took away um some great stuff from what john david was sharing with us today and we'll see you guys in our next episode bye guys